Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Rocketeer Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie Walt Disney's ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnston-directed feature, The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And Jim, once again, we've got Pete Mummert back with us for another day. We're so glad to have you back, Pete. Pete of Thanks. the Indiana Jones Minute. Thank you. This is fun being here. I like this. Yeah, Pete, you're, you're just stuck in the 30s. I mean, we can... <laughs> <laughs> That's fine with me. We're, uh, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're deep, deep in the propeller era, and uh, we are... Uh, we're back. We're, we're back again with uh, with Cliff and Peavy with uh, with Peavy's big uh, bag of tricks that uh, Cliff stepped on when he climbed into uh, uh, Miss Mabel there, and uh, we're about to get literally the reveal of the the gizmo. Mm-hmm. And uh, nice. Uh, it's it's. A, I thought it's a clever way. I mean, you have to have literal exposition here, and this reveal uh, showing it off a little bit at a time. You're saying, well, it's not quite a a, a vacuum cleaner. It's more like like two vacuum cleaners. <laughs> and uh looking to me my first uh thought was it looks like the naboo cruiser from uh, uh attack of the clones I'm... it does yeah <laughs> Which I... I i can't even figure out the anachronism there because wait that mo- the movie came out later but a long yeah, time but ago it was a long galaxy time, yeah. far far away it, it all comes together <laughs> um but a, a beautiful a beautiful design nothing nothing like uh Stevens's uh design of the rocketeer uh, the rocketeer's uh, uh, X3 from uh, mm-hmm. from the comic book but i think it really does justice it has has that kind of uh lowy um streamlining look it kind of has the nose of uh, of a lot of Hughes equipment i would think it's, yeah absolutely and this is one of those few areas where you know we've talked before we'll talk in future minutes about how faithful this is to the to, to Stephen's idea, even though you can actually go through and find a, a number of details that were changed, at least fairly noticeably. So the rocket pack is one of them. But I look at this and it, it, it feels like blasphemy as much as I absolutely adore Dave Stevens. I, I really do like this design better. Mm-hmm. As to everything about it just looks cooler and more plausible plausible to me. Like you say, you mentioned Lowy. I see some Arthur Radabaugh in there. Uh, just those veins, that great streamlining. Yeah, the heat know. sinks and all that, and just the the, the outlet for a fan. It's <laughs> you know you could see this on the back of an airstream trailer, just pushing it along. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's just and and it just seems it it, it does look like uh, like the cowling where propellers should be. That just looks like a you know a B twenty nine that just took off. It it's uh, right. it's very stirring looking. The little blisters off the side. Um, mm-hmm. The very sturdiness of it, too. Right. And, uh, you know, we do actually see the uh, something a lot closer to, uh, to Stephen's design in this film in the, uh, in the German propaganda short. The, the German soldiers are wearing something that's a lot closer to this, the animated version. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, uh, but here, yeah, this is, just, this is the one that just looks right to me. Yeah. And I, I, I can't imagine Stephen's objected to it because as closely as involved with the film as he was. Yeah, everything, yeah, this, even, even like the uh, you know the leather, you know it's that that leather front that it's almost like a saddle that uh, mm-hmm. he's gonna be putting on, and um, it also. Yeah, when I was growing up, my dad was a big train guy, and this, it, it just reminds me of those old streamlined trains too, like this, like the oh, whole. Yeah. They, they really nailed the styling of kind of that late thirties yeah, Art right. Deco the, kind of streamlined, like a, like a Hiawatha, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, like the, uh, the Burlington Zephyr, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pete yeah. and I were on the same page with the Zephyrs. <laughs> 
Yeah, this could be in the in the basement of the science building in Chicago. Just uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't tease me because <laughs> it's only a three hour drive, and if it's over there, I know <laughs> they're open till you nine. Still, still have a chance. Yeah. Oh, it's funny because like back then they 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 liked that styling so much they were making it like you know like you could buy a tea kettle or a water pot like you could buy anything streamlined like you, you were ready for everything with yeah high speed. Yeah, everything had a, a low uh, low coefficient of drag. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it's uh, it's funny just as an aside um i got a text just last night from uh, from our ceo who was at a restaurant in wichita kansas uh, at uh, a place called hangar one an airport restaurant full of aviation memorabilia and it's run by sort of a well-heeled uh uh guy who does uh, insurance for high-end airplanes warbirds and reno racers so the picture that uh, my friend jack sent me is a display case with a with a nice looking rocketeer helmet and uh, and the jetpack sitting there. And the plaque just says jetpack from the movie The Rocketeers. I'm assuming that it can't be original, you know, or one of the hero props. But uh, but this is the sort of place where that's possible. Or if nothing else, this is somebody who can afford to decorate with very very high end reproductions. So uh, mm-hmm. I wonder if anybody out there that listening, if they've been to this place in Kansas, if they've seen it. We'd love to love to hear your report back. I'm only a nine hour drive, so I may I may be able to check in tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Do you, have, do you have Skype on your cell phone so we can keep this going during I may, the drive? I may have to. I may have to. It's 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 worth a, worth a trip. But it is a gorgeous thing. I mean, when when he first does the the thing you're never supposed to do is push a button that you don't know what the button does. Um, <laughs> just, well, we just, just recorded a minute of Temple of Doom where and it was funny because sh- right after Indiana Jones tells Short Round not to touch something, he touches it. <laughs> And it, like he does the same thing here. I was wondering, is there ever a scene in a movie where someone says, "Don't touch that," and the person doesn't touch it? The, I think the movie button. just ends at that point. <laughs> yeah, right? it's, you know, thank you for the 14-minute uh, classic film, The Rocketeer. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it, it's yeah. I mean, it's just such a as they back away, and you know, you know, something terrible is going to happen because like I wouldn't touch that if I were you, but he's not. You know, he's not Cliff. Um, right. But it just—you just got to get that gorgeous. It, it's almost set up like it's a catalog shot of how to of, of what a Cirrus X3 would look like in a magazine. You know, you just kind of look there with that, <laughs> that three-quarter profile and um, uh, from the I, the rocket department at Sears Roebuck, apparently. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it, the whole startup sequence there. I mean, I think I think there's a single frame where it's just a light and uh, and, and then they just start adding in the animated uh, flame effects. But there does seem to be a floor effect there with the with the flame shooting out. I don't think, uh, I I don't think that was that may have been added animation, but there might have been just a flash of something. It's uh, there there are a couple of you know overlays of of flame, mm-hmm. um, but just that opening thing where they both get knocked knocked away. The lighting on the um, on their clothes and stuff like that, I think, is uh, an added effect. I was trying to figure out how they managed it though. There's some kind of, maybe they had like flash, they were using some uh nitrocellulose paper, but it's just a very quick tenth of a second flash. Mm-hmm. Um before it goes into the uh the cartoon sequence of uh speak, <laughs> speaking of uh, Fearless Freep, this is very a war- even yeah. as a, a Disney movie, it's a very Warner Brothers look to the uh, ricocheting yeah, ricocheting yeah. rocket. Um <laughs> And uh, I'm assuming that a lot of the people that were working on this, the live action part, I'm assuming that the Disney animators had just completed uh, the year before they had worked on uh, Roger Rabbit. So they were familiar with matching uh, animation with floor effects 
Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. So when there's that when there's that punch through the wainscoting uh, of the uh-huh. office, uh, it it's a very nice matchup where you see an animated uh, uh, an animated rocket go through and then uh, light up the next the next room. Surprisingly, no smoke or flames anywhere. This is a very <laughs> clean burning uh, clean burning rocket, considering that it's uh, running on alcohol, as we we find out later. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I know. Like a modern jetpack doesn't there are no flames at all. Yeah, yeah, but this I, I guess it wouldn't it wouldn't sell as well if you just saw like the uh, the Goldfinger style of uh, just high pressure air. <laughs> yeah, right. The hydrogen <laughs> peroxide and yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's interesting because though you know like the, those like that that Bell rocket belt thing that like I don't think they could fly longer than thirty seconds. Yeah, and so I, I'm curious how much. Like they, they really have solved a lot of engineering problems here for as long as they're able to stay aloft. Right. And the, the thrust that this thing has, you know, the, those rocket belts, <laughs> you could go 60 miles an hour, maybe sort of full tilt. And you, you know, you have enough to sort of lift off vertically and, and hover, but, but for it to just go shooting around the room like this. Um, <laughs> but you know, Howard Hughes ahead of his time. Yeah. He, so he knew so how to I, get every last drop I, out. Yep. I choose to believe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, beautiful James Horner score in the in the middle there with the uh, the, the twittering piccolos and, and flutes and uh, mm-hmm. and the the following uh, the following trumpets with the uh, with the mutes on them um, just really captures that whole sense of chaos and and the glassware. I mean, it's just it's just a beautiful bit of editing too. There must be about I counted about uh, fifteen cuts from the time he presses the button that you know it's ricocheting around the room. It just it it's you sense so much action going on and it's only. I think that whole that whole sequence there lasts maybe seven seconds, not quite ten. And it's really interesting too. Their choice at let's see, what second is it here? It's right about uh, forty-four when uh, when we've got that shot moving up to the wainscoting of the just from the rocket's eye view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we're, we're first person, like we're on the rocket, then <laughs> then it jumps to the side just a little bit, and we see it go tearing through, you know, from over our shoulder, uh-huh. and then like you were pointing out that. That wainscoting just being destroyed and then timed so perfectly with, with what what, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I assume is a practical a floor effect that explosion inside the room right after the the hole appears. Yeah, I mean it looks to me like it's some like a gas jet that got lit up. Uh, uh, it's a heavy, yeah, you know, high. Uh, there's a lot of air in that gas, so there's uh, that's why it's so orange looking. Um, and and try imagine the color matching on this thing where you have to say what color is the flame. Going oh, to yeah. be, and then trying to match up, you know, doing all the timing and stuff uh, for these effects, which are, you know, either chemical or practical. The, uh, the digital work is mostly in controlling uh, shutters and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's a, a coloring nightmare. But I, and I like, like, even before, like, right when he's, you know, right after he tells him not to touch that, like, he pulls out, there's like a little safety catch, a little safety pin thing in there. And he pulls it out, and he has this look on his face, like he knows exactly what he's doing, which I yeah. love. Like he's like, "I'm doing it anyway." And it, choosing to do this indoors, yeah. <laughs> Especially when the when the discussion that just happened was, "Is it a bomb or not?" Right. Yeah, we've got some evidence to suggest that it's probably not a bomb, so let's push the button. Yeah. Let's... <laughs> I have to say though, I love that enthusiasm and curiosity. Like it would be so hard not to not to press yeah. it. I just love that he couldn't wait. Yeah, let's let's see what it does, and we can just clean up afterwards. Um, <laughs> I do I do like uh, PV's decision about why it's not a bomb because it's too complex. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, we're we're seven years from the A bomb at this point. Yeah. But, uh, no, this couldn't be a bomb. Bombs aren't complicated. Uh, yeah. Bomb. But you don't strap bombs onto yourself. Apparently. Well, that's back in the day. Um, it, I was wondering how. Uh, I would like to see if there's if that is an original prop. I may go to go to Wichita just to see. <laughs> just to find out. I, I just want to know if this is cast rosin or is it actually machined. I would think that it's a casting just simply because they probably had to make more than one of them. Um, I would sure think so. And they, you'd think there'd be, there'd probably be some variants of it. And, you know, but boy, that the, the skin on it is so convincing. I mean, we're sitting here with a Blu-ray that higher resolution than they ever imagined. And we're pausing it second by second. Mm-hmm. And I still believe it's, it's aluminum, you know, or, or, you know, some other metal. It's got yeah, that aluminum kind of skin look to yeah. it. Um, I'm not sure about the little nose cones. No, they look like a powder coat yeah. to me. That's a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, a little bit. My, um, uh, Mako. They took. You know, it looks like it, it went to a car <laughs> shop and they sprayed it in. <laughs> but you know, you look at it, and you think they must have spent an awful lot of time with the art direction on that thing of deciding what the what the two major colors were going to be. That it was going to be like that that grayish champagne for the nose, and then the the straight silver for the back. How much uh-huh. it couldn't be too shiny because you'd get the reflections of the camera crew. It, it still manages to hide it very well, um, and just all those all those little rivets and things. It, it's stunning, and now I want one. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, go to Wichita. Yeah. Bring a bring a screwdriver. <laughs> I was I was really curious about this. I was curious who did the concept art for the design and stuff. But it was a guy named Edward E Y T H. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. But he didn't do a lot of a lot of Hollywood stuff. He did Hook. And he did Back to the Future too, but otherwise he seems more like he does his own kind of art. Like he did some, really? uh, some sculpture for the Beijing Olympics, but it seemed like this is such an iconic design he did. I'm surprised he didn't do a lot more Hollywood stuff. Well, yeah. no kidding. The fact that if he did this and and Back to the Future too, I mean, there's you know there's a period of a few years in there that I, I you, you can't think of another more iconic sort of pop culture type sets of designs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, especially so, you know, in film, especially in two, when you had to do all the redesign of the uh, the DeLorean and the the things like the Pepsi free cans and the right. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's there's so much there, there's so many props to build in that in that uh, that second movie. We'll have to check with uh, Scott Corelli and friends over at uh, Back to the Future and see if oh, they, yeah. they've had yeah. contact with them. But uh, it'd be interesting to chat, have a chat with them. I don't know. Again, with these things, you know, we see these and it's it's amazing, but. Some people just don't want to talk about their past works, and this is such a this is this is what sells the whole movie. I mean, you know, you 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 follow the people, you know, Cliff and Jenny and things like that. But this ver- this prop, it had to look good, and it had to be you know trustworthy that you'd say, okay, I can, I can accept that this is a rocket in a rocket pack, and it can throw people through the skies and and not apparently run out of fuel t- anytime soon. That he managed to you know hit all those marks and and make you believe. That's that's quite a skill. Mm-hmm. So okay, well, we've got to we've got to track track down Mr. Ith and see if he can, if he'd like to chat with us about this. Yeah, definitely. Wow, but yeah, no, I really want the. Uh, <laughs> I was trying. Have you, to, have you told Pete about my helmet? No, I have not told. Yeah, he. Uh, Hal does own an actual Rocketeer helmet. Oh wow! Not screen used or anything, but no, uh-huh. don't don't get carried away. But it's it's one of the master replicas. And it's wow. you know it's beautiful. It's it's probably fancier and more detailed than than anything screen used. Just the way that normally goes with uh-huh. 
the throwaway things and stuff. So it's got the nice upholstered interior, you know, uh, lining oh, cool. and the leather do, straps and everything. Do they? Well, come I got questions about the. Oh, oh, go ahead. I, I was just wondering, do they come in sizes? Like, can you order a seven and a quarter, seven and a half? Like, you know, <laughs> go down to your local haberdasher yeah. and find yeah. out. Yeah. Yes. Fedoras are last year, you see. Yeah. <laughs> So was was this because I, I I was you know the rocket belt it looked like you could steer by the 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 jet nozzles you could turn, but is this steered entirely with the helmet? That's the I mean, that according to the movie that's how that that's what they said that the PV when he designed the helmet that it acts like a rudder, and uh, if you turn your head one way it'll you you fly whichever way your head's pointing so you have to use your peripheral vision. To uh, to see what's going on around you because if you start turning your head you're going to start turning toward whatever you're looking at <laughs> and uh, you have to be careful of that button too as we'll see in a in a few minutes <laughs> that that will it's turn it on but, uh, but, and I guess that was that that's what they haven't been able to solve yet with the pack is is steering yeah steering and uh, I mean they they did come up with uh, with how to keep it from blowing up but uh, but the steering <laughs> the steering and all that stuff is, is strictly a, a PV thing that we'll, we'll we'll talk about probably next well not next week but about two weeks we'll, we'll go a little bit more into uh, navigation and control and uh, uh, throttle control too I was so this tra- thing is really just pure thrust yeah yeah it's just a, a thing that goes you know it pushes whatever <laughs> whatever's on the opposite direction yeah that's <laughs> the thrust comes at the bottom, and you just point it toward, toward the top. But it, there was I, I read, read an article somewhere online where somebody went into really way too much detail about why it doesn't work for uh, for flying because you simply can't – it wouldn't pick uh, – besides burning your legs off, it wouldn't pick <laughs> you up the way that you were expecting it to. Uh, you know, it doesn't like – you can't drive the thrust through that part of your back and get somewhere, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, which I would think the bell – you know the bell rocket pack kind of disproves that theory but uh it's online if i can find if i can find the link i will i will add it to this particular page for the episode at rocketeer minute well i know yeah. and i know one of the problems with the bell was like they were talking about military use but it was so loud like no matter what you did it was a like you know you're standing next to a jet and you weren't going to sneak up on anybody right and i'm and, and if you're hovering in the sky with a sniper rifle <laughs> you know, there's really no cover per se unless yeah. you go, you know, yeah. duck around a building and you know just walk around as well. Yeah, the thing with the thrust on on this design, I, you know, I do see you do see an issue with the uh, with the way they're sort of tapered and the thrust is is uh, is very very close to the center. You you'd really have stability problems on the rocket belts. The nozzles are a bit uh, a bit wider. I want to say they're just a little bit higher um, as well. Like the actual the actual nozzles where the thrust comes out might be a little bit higher than they would be on Cliff's pack here. So that, you know, getting it above the center of gravity, whereas these, the thrust is maybe right on the center of gravity if it's right about at your waist. So that's going to affect it a little bit as well. In my vast experience with rocket packs, so let's put that out there. <laughs> I mean, I, re- I remember the, the Goldfinger rockets looked like, you know, a, a pair of um, shower heads that were up above his shoulders by about a foot maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That that version of the bell at, at uh, the beginning of Thunderball there, those are, yeah, those those nozzles are directed up. They are directed up pretty high, which which does you know tend to lend to the stability when you've got you've got the thrust away from the center of gravity. In this case, you know, in the direction of movement, it's ahead of the center of gravity. And I th- I think there's th- those water rocket things that you can you know use out over oh, yeah. in yeah. Mexico and things right. like that. You can you can drive them around. That that's also a very ungainly thing where you're not you're not pointed like a like the rocketeer is. You're kind of hunkered mm-hmm. over and the thing is pointing 
out in front of you almost. Uh, it's, right. it's a very unusual. But even even yeah. there with those, you know, the actual thrust point is up about even with your shoulders. So so the bulk of your body weight is below it, and that gives you that kind of pendulum stability. Yeah. Well, have they ever found a use for a, a rocket pack other than like flying into a football game or the Olympics? Or <laughs> I, really, I think what's going to drive it at this point is going to be personal uh, personal recreation. And I know we, we've um, I think we'll we'll talk some more in a in a future minute, Jim, about uh, about sort of what's out there, what's possible now, but. Uh, but there, you know, there is uh, there is a company right now called Jetpack. I think it's Jetpack International, and you know they have something that's very very close to what looks like the original rocket belts. They're actually using uh, turbines, not the uh, hydrogen peroxide type jets, but it's a really similar configuration, same sort of maneuverability and speed. But those have a nine to ten minute flight time versus the maybe thirty six seconds oh, wow. of, of the best of the bells. So uh-huh. you think okay, you know, nine or ten minutes isn't much, but you know, when you're talking about that being 20 times the duration yeah. of, uh, of the original, that's a pretty big step forward. And I, I do think it's long enough for me to get to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just unless you say the, the the trick is remembering to reserve enough fuel to land. You know, right. Just, <laughs> exactly. The last thing you need is a ballistic rocket pack. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this it's it's an eternal dream of man. I mean, it's it's that you know the whole Icarus thing, and mm-hmm. that you want to be able to just strap something onto your back and take off like a like a rocket. Um, but every time we we try to put it into an application, even in in space, I mean, there, there's always been uh, you see you know covers of science fiction magazines and things where people are wearing jetpacks and they're flying around in space and going up things. We had that in uh, NASA had been trying to build a uh, a personal maneuvering unit. And uh, mm-hmm. they tried to build. They they put one in um, uh, during the uh, Project Gemini. They had they had sent one up to uh, to put on the back of a, of a Gemini and, and test it out. Uh, Gene Cernan was going to try that out in Gemini Nine, and uh, he couldn't make it to the back to to try things on, so he didn't he didn't bother with it. And it was brought up in Skylab. They tried it out inside of Skylab, and you could fly around inside of. Uh, Inside Skylab, and like a, uh, it just had little little uh, air jets that you could move around, and you know they tested it out and said, yeah, that works. And then uh, when uh, the space shuttle era came about, there's that that famous picture of where he's about 300 yards off the uh, the mm-hmm. nose of the space shuttle, and there's nothing around him but uh, you know his jetpack and the Earth. But the problem with having with having those things, you have these reaction jets on the outside. If you're working on something like the space station, and you turn on reaction jets, you can blow holes. In things like solar panels and wiring, and it just—it oh, yeah. really doesn't pay to have somebody armed with rockets uh, around delicate machinery. So it's just easier to hang onto a cable and, uh, or you know, get out on the uh, uh, the Canada arm and have have a crane move you to where you need to be. I have to back up though because I, as I'm saying that, I realized I misidentified because that's not Story Musgrave. That was Bruce McCandless who was. Uh, who was the one that talked? Uh, but yeah, it, I mean, all those all those guys of, of of that early shuttle era. There were so many crazy things being done and tested and 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 built, you know, to to see what you know, this kind of stuff. And it, it it really didn't have like practical purposes, but for just for pure research, being able to see, well, what would happen if you if you were your own spaceship, if you had your own uh, if you had your own uh, rocket pack in space, would it work? It, you know, it had pluses and minuses, but just the ability to see somebody doing that out in the middle of nowhere and, and flying, uh-huh. you know, as, as the reason that we went there was just to get that picture. You know, you know, that thing that's on everybody's desk calendar or, 
you know, <laughs> if you go into the uh, the visitor center at Kennedy at the Kennedy Space Center, there's a big there's a big picture of Bruce McCandless on the wall doing, you know, and all you see in the back is the Earth, and there's this little guy out in the middle of nowhere. Um, I see the guy that said that that might might have been one small step for Neil, but it was a giant step for me. Or oh, that it? no, that was that was Pete Conrad. That's the uh, third man. Okay. On the moon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he he took all the all the steps on the ladder at once. He just kind of <laughs> he did it navy style, straight down. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it is a small world, Hal, and we're <laughs> the uh, we're the coincidence the coincidences are really scaring me. And we're only thirteen episodes in, or fourteen <laughs> episodes in. Um, I, I I will confess right now I do have a fear that uh, by minute hundred and eight we might actually have morphed into the same person. No, <laughs> I'll just I'll just get that out there on the record in case it happens. Oh, it's, dear. Uh, it's it's not something I think either of us are planning on or even looking forward to. All due respect, but wow, well, it could happen. We'll see. It's 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 getting there. But uh, yes. Pete, this has been a great minute. I I, I really enjoy talking uh, talking movies. You see so much in in movies that I never notice, and uh, and it's always it's always great having you on. Maybe we'll we'll have you on back again uh, because I do know you like this movie a lot. It's uh, sure, yeah, it's it's a fun movie. And I, yeah, I remember seeing it the first time. Uh, we went out to the Arinda Theater, which had, it would open in not too long after this movie set, and it had sort of the same Art Deco styling. Oh wow! Yeah, it it's it's such a. It, it, there were so many opportunities to make this wrong. They you know they were originally talking about making this in present day, and uh, mm-hmm. it just it just would have wrecked every you know every last little thing about it. The casting was perfect. The uh, the the story was told with a lot of love. The uh, the actors all understood what they were doing. It it, it just was a, a great confluence of a lot of talent. Uh, you know, the only unfortunate part was that it was up against things like Terminator Two and stuff, and nobody noticed it once it once it you know up and died with uh, with the rest of the summer that 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 ate it up. But, uh, I'm, I'm, it, it's good being able to talk about this with other people who like the movie. But we are uh, we'll be talking some more about this tomorrow as we finish up the week with. Uh, Finding out if if that poor that poor leather chair in that office uh, <laughs> it is remarkably fire resistant, but we're we're going to see how uh, <laughs> how things uh, uh, fix each fix themselves uh, here as, as we're going to go go through with the week. If you all would like to join the conversation with us, we are available on a bunch of social media. You can find us out on Twitter, of course, at Rocketeer Minute. You can find us on Facebook at the uh, Rocketeer uh, Rocketeer's Bulldog Cafe, which everybody gets together and talks about old episodes. And uh, you can find us at the great big site RocketeerMinute.com, where you can catch up with this episode and earlier episodes. We're also available uh, out there in the, the two big. Uh, media chains of uh, itunes and google play go in and subscribe and you'll get you get to hear us every morning the first thing when it when it shows up uh, on your feed uh, and if you're if you're tired and sick and tired of listening to us you can go listen to the great uh, back library and uh, currently filling library of the indiana jones minute over at indiana jones minute.com uh, you can hear Pete argue with Tom and Jerry about uh, every last little bit of uh, Indiana Jones life, and uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun there, and uh, it's uh, we had, with more. We had you on recently too, Jim. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it, it's a love fest every, <laughs> everywhere on the movies by minutes. <laughs> it, by the way, if you if you are looking for other movies by minutes, if uh, if we can't tempt you with uh, Rocketeer or uh, or Indiana Jones, go to moviesbyminutes.com. We've got about. Gosh, three dozen uh, new movies out there that, that people are talking about, and there's got to be something that you like. If you don't like any of these movies, well, I, you know, I don't understand why you, why you go to the movies, but there's other there's <laughs> other films out there that, that people are talking about that, that you might like. But uh, join us here tomorrow when we follow the further adventures of, of Cliff and Peavy, and uh, we'll see you here right on the Rocketeer Minute. So until then, over and out. Go get him, kid. <laughs>